Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Homage to the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Namo Sadanto Suchero Ye Olahudi Sanyao San Putoshi the unsurpassed, deep, profound, subtle, wonderful Dharma in a hundred thousand million eons is difficult to encounter. Now that I've come to receive and hold it, Within my sight and hearing, I vow to fathom the thus come one's true and actual meaning. Shri Bhushanran, Gawai Shishyong, Tatyaomi Tofo, Venerable Master, friends in the Dharma, good evening. Welcome to our sutra lecture tonight. Um, we are going to be uh, lecturing on the Avatamsaka Sutra, Ten Grounds chapter. And if you have in front of you uh, this text, I want to invite you to pick up the front cover, we're going to recite the uh, name of the sutra and the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. So, Mishen Nian, Hua Yen Hai Hui Fo Pu Sa, the Shanghao, Hayo Hua Yen Jing, the Mings. Namo switch seats so she can translate for her mom just just switch yeah thank you very much 
Okay. Tonight is the 30th or the 31st? 30th. This is January 30th, and we are lecturing on the Avatamsaka Sutra's Ten Grounds chapter. Please turn to page 8382. We're down at the bottom, the last paragraph. Hey, I'll give you a line of the Chinese and please repeat after me. Jing Yi Che Zhi Li. Jing Yi Che Zhi Li. Ji Yi Wu So Wei. English over on the right, having purified all the powers of wisdom, along with the aspects of courage as well, and having accomplished all the Buddha dharmas, they save and gather in the many beings. Okay, let's go back to the Chinese and do it in uh, in in melody. Okay. Having purified all the powers of wisdom, having purified all the powers of wisdom, along with the aspects of courage as well, along with the aspects of courage as well, and having accomplished all the Buddha dharmas, and having accomplished all the Buddha dharmas, they save and gather in the many beings. They save and gather in the many beings. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, I just had an idea. Um, Phil, would you go over here?
Okay, uh, last week we already explained this passage, uh, the, first, the first line of it, and at the very end of the lecture we talked about what are called the ten wisdom powers, and I was really amazed at uh, how uh, people enjoyed going into a list. We've, uh, the Buddha Dharma is full of uh, lists of practices, you know, we've got the the two wisdom, the two, the two adornments, we've got the three poisons, we've got the four noble truths, we have the five, uh, five roots and the five powers and the six paramitas and the seven wings of awakening and the eightfold path and the nine aspects of a decaying corpse and we've got the ten wisdom powers and we've got the eleven uh, wholesome dharmas and we've got the twelve links of cocaine, you know, like that. It goes on and on and on. And there, in fact, um, back here in our, our Sutra reference library, we have a book which is called, uh, what is it called? Zhu Fa Yao, which is a book this thick of only lists. It's the complete list of lists. It's a list of all the lists, and it's a book that thick. So that's not an accident. There are people, in fact, scholars, someone I study with, Dr. Konza, who makes the point that There was no Buddhism to begin with. The Buddha never said, I'm going to create a religion. What he said was, if you have this affliction, here's how to cultivate. Do this, and the affliction will go away. Your pain will disappear. Very much like a doctor says, you have that symptom, take this medicine, you'll be better. So, Konza says that the Buddha Dharma, what became Buddhism, just began as lists of practice. And because there, this is a, a, the Buddha was very, you could say, methodological. He had a method. He was very, very systematic, very um, progressive in his teaching. So the lists get long. Four Noble Truths is a perfect example. Here's the problem: suffering. Here's the cause of suffering: desire. Here's the end of suffering. Here's the method to end suffering, the Eightfold Path. So that's the, the Four Noble Truths is a step, 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 step. Many, many, many of the Buddha's teachings are just steps like that. So that's why we have these lists. So here is a good list. This is the ten. There are the ten methods that bodhisattvas use in order to... Uh, to crossover living beings and we took a little bit of time to explain what that meant crossing over living beings um, it means to find a way to end suffering to end pain Frank you're just closing that window right closing the window right yeah close it you want to close it yeah please yeah. so um, living beings uh, are there are external living beings like the person you see sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you. And there are also the thoughts in our minds, especially the bad habits and the faults and the things that tend to take us away from the middle, take us away from our own hearts. Anger, greed, delusion, pride. Some people think they're number one. Other people think they're not even one. You know, so those are all the living beings of our mind. And crossing over means to find a way to 
cure their pain. So we cross over living beings. That's our jargon term for, for helping people uh, get over their pain, thought by thought. So um, these ten powers of wisdom are tools that bodhisattvas use in order to do that. And we went over the list last week, and I think uh, people kind of... I was really gratified with the way uh, people enjoyed getting that list down. And um, By themselves, these lists can be very dry. You know, oh, now we're into number seven out of ten. Oh, uh, as soon as you get to ten, wake me up. You know, it's like, uh, really ten? You know, not nine? Yeah. So there are ten wisdom powers, and Buddhas use ten wisdom powers, and there are ten bodhisattvas powers. And they're essentially the same. They're just applied in a different way. So what did we have when we got to the ten? Let me go over. Plenty of seats in front. Come on down. Uh, the, the first one was, um, it's the... the uh, all of these ten powers are the power of the the power of knowing. That's how they all start. So it's to know something, 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 li, and it's uh, strength. So it's a strength because when it starts out, when we start out practicing these, we're not strong. We're, we're weak. We don't. Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes. We feel really energetic. Sometimes we feel really tired as we practice. Um, the bodhisattvas and the Buddha's wisdom powers are the same. Sometimes they're really strong, uh, but not at the beginning. They're cultivated to becoming strong. Uh, okay, the first one is in Chinese, zhi jue chu, fei chu, zhi li. The wisdom power of knowing what is the case and what is not the case. You could say right from wrong. The Bodhisattva is really clear about right and wrong. That is to say, he doesn't have to doubt. Maybe if I do it this way, it doesn't really matter. Maybe if I tell a little white lie, nobody's really listening. Maybe, you know, I can get away with it because nobody knows that I cheated. That's being unclear about true, fei true, what is the case and what is not the case. The Bodhisattva says, no, lying is probably not a good idea. Cheating, I'm cheating myself first. I'm the one who knows. doesn't matter if anybody else knows. And so the Bodhisattva being clear on true, fei true, he says right and wrong. That's, that's really the beginning of the, the wisdom powers. And the Bodhisattva is completely clear. So when he sees a situation, he's never in doubt. She is never kind of in that gray zone. And maybe, maybe not. Okay. Now, uh, one thing about Master Shenhua, and I, um, I've talked about this before, but one advantage of having a real Shanjushi, a good and wise advisor, is... He's like a like a, a lighthouse. You ever see a lighthouse? We want to use that image of a lighthouse. You ever see a lighthouse? What's a lighthouse about? A lighthouse is for sailors mostly. Lighthouses are there 
on the point, they're on the spit, they're on the cape, they're on the, the coast, and they're there because way up in the air, there's this incredibly bright beacon. Right? Beacon means the brightest light you've ever seen. Huge, bright light. Why? Because somewhere in the navigation around that point, there are rocks. And if your ship doesn't see that light, it can run over the rocks, rip out the bottom of the boat, and that's the end of the story. That ship goes down. And whoever's in it is in danger. So the beacon is there to say, watch out, rocks. Look, see in the night, right? The lighthouse is there for the night when it's dark. It's a safe beacon. Okay, a good and wise advisor is a lighthouse. You get into a situation and the world is there to confuse us, right? The world always, uh, maybe so, maybe not. Well, but if you buy this one, you'll be happy, says advertising. Okay. And the good and wise advisor goes, that's not true. Stop. Red light. And you go, oh, okay, sure, fool. That's clear, right? And if it's a positive, the good and wise advisor goes, green. Do this. You go, oh, should I do this, sure, fool? I get it, right? When you were in front of Master Shenhua, you were never in doubt where he stood. It was always so clear where he was directing you to go. It was sometimes he would be terrifying is the way he would <laughs> and you go, I guess that means no, sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, you know. The lions roar. And other times Shirfu would just be like so soft as he said, Go this way. And you would go, okay, I'll go that way. You know, it was just really clear. What is the case and what is not the case? And I think that um, when you have what's called gongda, when you have merit and virtue, I think this is my kind of kind of intuitive reading of it that in the Tao, that is to say, the way things are before we think about them, in the Tao, right and wrong, you could say good and evil, shan, uh, are clear. But when we do what's called false thinking, da wang xiang, right, have lots and lots of false thinking, we start to cover over. And so what was originally green, primary, red, primary. What was originally clear gets kind of muddy and murky at, to the point where at the extreme there's a th something called a difficulty among the eight difficulties where somebody can't tell the difference anymore because why? Somebody who has covered over their nature gets to the place where they get what's called shi zhi bian cong. 
worldly knowledge and argumentative intelligence. You can cover over that red, green, primary nature to the point where you can't even tell anymore because you've fudged on the truth so much that they both look kind of pale, green, pale, red. You can't really tell the difference. Worldly knowledge, argumentative intelligence, that's a state where you're full of doubts. You hear the truth, you hear true. You say, Right? And you just get it to, oh, it's all murky because you've covered it over. Right? So that's the extreme of that. I th- and the good advisors, they're going, hmm, true. Very true. Oh, thank you, No, that's really clear, Shifu. Thank you so much. So, when you're, when the Tao is working in your nature, it's like, is it raining? Yes. How do you know? I got a wet. Water was falling out of the sky. Are you in doubt about it? Well, stand under it. You can go under the sky. It's raining. Can you say it's not raining when it's... No, it's raining. That's what the Tao is like in the nature. It's red, it's green. Now, saying this, mind you, this doesn't mean that a sage can't be subtle. Right? That doesn't mean that you have to brutally beat people with the truth. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Good and wise teachers know exactly when to emphasize it and when to speak softly. But they're not in doubt. What I'm describing is that feeling inside of, gee, I don't really know. Most of the time, when we are face to face with true or fei true, it's so loud. But we're in the habit of going, I really can't see the sun. I don't know if the sun is shining. Why? Because I'm covering my own eyes. Right? That's our habit most of the time. What's really happening? Well, we, co- we have to do this because it's so clear. So, I'm just to say that a bodhisattva who has zhi, chu, fei, zhi, chu, chu, fei, chu, zhi, li, this bodhisattva who has the knowledge of what is the case and what is not the case is simply listening to their nature until it's clear. Okay? I think that's the way it works. That's the first one. So number two is san shi ye bao zhi li. What is that? It's knowledge. It's the wisdom knowledge, the wisdom strength of knowing the karmic retribution in the past, the present, and the future. Why is that helpful? That's to say, somebody, if you, and every single one of these zhi li, I should start by saying the same thing every time. These are tools that an awakened being, a bodhisattva, has to use when they want to help somebody. When they want to, quote, cross somebody over, right? When they want to help somebody through their pain. Okay, now think your mom. Think your dad. Okay? We grew up with dad. Dad is just that way. That's the way dad is. We know dad, right? Been with dad our whole lives, especially if we're younger. When we move away, we still know dad. What is dad like? Well, dad has blind spots. 
Okay, so wouldn't it be nice if dad could get happy, enjoy life, enjoy all the things around him that he's worked so hard to get for us, let's say, suppose. Okay, so we look at dad and we think, why is dad that way? If we had the san, shi, ye, bao, the knowledge of the karmic retribution of the past, present, and future, if we had that, it would be so easy to look at Dad and go, oh, this is why Dad's that way. Now I know. I know. It's so easy because he was that way all along and then he turned out this way because of what he did. It's no accident. Dad got that way walking every single step of the way. The San Shi Ye Bali says, oh, repeated actions lead to karmic reward. No accident that that's that way. And that's past to present. The, the beauty of this power tool is when you understand San Shi Ye Bali, you say, oh, to get to there in the future, you start now walking this way. So the bodhisattva with that ability goes, yeah, maybe just shift your behavior. Maybe just change, walk, change your step. Change your step and you go over there instead of where you were heading before. So that knowledge of cause and effect, San Shri Yibao says, it's fluid, it's like water. We got to where we are now because of the way we walked before. We want to get to there in the future, change what we're doing right now. We get there. So that's the San Shi Yebao Truly. Bodhisattva says, yeah, that's a really, really useful tool. All right, lots of seats in front. Primum seats, primo seats. Okay, that's number two. Number three is Zhi Zhu Chan Jie Tuo San Mei Zhi Li. This is the wisdom strength of knowing three things. It's the dhyanas, the liberations, and the samadhis. And what that means is the bodhisattva gets his or her wisdom and compassion because of chanding, jietua, sanme, because of their dhyana, the stillness and purity of their meditation, their jietuo, which is a liberation. That's a kind of meditative state. And also sanme, which is samadhi, a meditative state. And in other words, the bodhisattva is a meditation adept. They're a master. She's really good at sitting. She sits until she transforms consciousness into wisdom. And there's stillness. So in other words, you don't get these wisdom powers overnight. You earn them through hard work, which means less time in front of the mirror, right? Less time in the cosmetic aisle. You know, how many, how many kinds of blusher do we need? No, eyeliner. So. Bodhisattva spends time meditating instead of other stuff. Less time on Facebook. 
man is that seductive. Oh my goodness. There's just six comments to that comment. Oh, I'd like to read those comments. Oh, look, that comment links to a photograph. Oh, look, there are a hundred photographs. I'd like to see them all. <laughs> One hour later, where was I? My golly. I've only got 97 friends more to see the, the newsroom, the news feed. Oh, boy, boy. And it's all good because why friends? So, yeah. Bodhisattva goes, yeah, Facebook is good. Update. Turn it off. <laughs> Update. Turn it off. Go meditate. So, the, to get to the dhyanas, the liberations, and the samadhis, you have to actually spend time with your legs crossed sitting still. Now, does it have to be chan, chan meditation? Mm, there are people, monks in the past, lay people in the past, who got into samadhi by doing other things like reciting the Buddha's name. There is one famous monk from the Ming Dynasty, Ou Yi Dashi, who was famous for never meditating. And he was one of the Lotus School patriarchs. He recited the Buddha's name. He, he must have spent years with a brush in his hand because he wrote so many commentaries. The collected works of this monk fill a, fill a library. Fill a shelf in your bookstand. So, clearly he spent a lot of time doing this. If he'd had a word processor, it would have been awesome. Imagine. My golly. If he had an iPad, it would have been incredible. So, so that's number three. Dhyanas, samadhis, dhyanas, liberations, and samadhis. Meditation adept. Really good at sitting. Okay, four. This one is four and five are pretty much alike. They're just different by one word. The first, In Chinese, number four is zhi zhu gen sheng lie. Zhi li. Zhi zhu gen sheng lie. Zhi li. And number five is zhi zhong zhong jie. Uh, I'm sorry, totally wrong. Start over. It's four, five, and six. To tell you what they are, number four is your faculties. Number five is understandings. And number six is realms. So it's gen jie jie. All right? Number four is the Bodhisattva knows, has the wisdom power of knowing living beings' faculties, meaning eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, consciousness, sheng, lie, whether they are sharp and clear and unimpeded or inferior, occluded, partial, or not, just not functioning. Zhi, zhu, gen, sheng, lie, zhi, li. Bodhisattva has the wisdom, strength of knowing living beings' various faculties, whether they are sheng li or li. They're excellent or inferior. That's a wisdom power. Okay, apply it. What does that mean? That means you look at the person who you're hoping to will lighten up, the person you're hoping to help because they're, they're unhappy a lot, or they're just they're always attached 
to something they can't let go of. That's the person you want to help. That might be you, you know, someday. And you think, oh, okay, they're pretty good. They're, they're okay in some ways, but you know what? Um, they, they're exclusively visual. They, they can't hear a lot. I talk to them and they just kind of, no, they don't really listen to me, right? Because the ear organ doesn't seem to be functioning. But they're really visual. When I show them something, oh, they, they get it right away. They're really clear. They see really clearly, but they're weak in their, their listening. So as a result, if you have that truly, you know what, how they're made up. You know how to explain things so they get it because they're more visual. The opposite is true. If somebody is really clear with their ears, they can really hear subtle things, but they, they don't notice. They're kind of, they don't pay attention to what's around them visually. Then you know how to use language or music or sounds to teach them because you know their zhugan sheng lie, their, the quality of their faculties. Okay, what else? Next one is, Number five is zhi zhong zhong jie. Zhi li. Liao jie de jie. They know the Bodhisattva has the wisdom, strength to know what living beings understand. Okay. Think education. If the person you're talking to is an intellectual, their mind goes to abstract ideas right away. That really helps when you want to talk to them to make them understand. You can give them theories. And they'll, mm, 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 mm. they'll connect, right? If somebody is a gifted craftsperson, they can work with their hands. They've got a green thumb. There's somebody who builds, someone who cooks, someone who has never traveled more than 10 miles away from their family farm their whole life. Okay? You know how to talk to them because their jie, what they understand, is based on actual experience. They get their hands in. They feel it. Somebody who works on automobiles. You want to, that happens to be your husband. That happens to be your dad. You know, your mom. Then you know how to talk to them. The bodhisattva has that wisdom power. Okay, and the third one, I said the first was faculties, the next understandings. The next one was, uh, number six, is um, you know it's it's not, it's you know living beings realms. What does that mean? You know where they've been. You can see, oh, this person's been a human being for lifetimes. So they respond to virtue. They respond to blessings and kindness. Oh, this person was probably a deva in a last life or not too long, but they were a god. So they just expect everything to be comfortable. They have different jingjie. This person spends a lot of time in a blissed out state. They live in a fantasy world. That's their jingjie. This person over here is just depressed all the time. They're always in a state of kind of underwater. They can't ever quite get their hands on 
the controls of their life. It seems like they're always something happening to them. You know? They're never quite the motivator of their life. They're passive, victim type. If you knew that, that's very, very helpful as you teach and transform. So the Bodhisattva's got that tool. Zhong Zhong Jie Zhi right? Very cool. You know faculties, you know understandings, you know their, their realms. Okay, that's number six. Number seven, this is a very interesting one, and people didn't get this last week, because probably I didn't understand, didn't explain it well enough. The Chinese says, this is the wisdom power of knowing where all paths lead. That's to say the Bodhisattva looks at living beings and with the first step that somebody takes they can tell you where they're going to go, where they're going to wind up. At a certain point, they'll say, uh-huh, that pattern leads over there. Are you sure you want to go that way? Or, you know, you know where that's going to lead? It's like, mm-hmm, trouble ahead. Or, go. That's, this is the, you're supposed to be walking on this. This is happy, happy days are coming. Good times don't you come. Bad times don't you come no more. Right? Because you see where it's going. That ability to see with the first step where the last step leads is a wisdom power that bodhisattvas have. How nice, how much trouble you would save if you knew that this was, beforehand, this was going to lead to disaster, right? You wouldn't turn the key in the ignition if you knew. So the bodhisattva uses that wisdom power to teach living beings. How neat, what, what mistakes you would save thinking back on some magnificent disasters in my life. Boy, if I'd known beforehand. Okay, number eight. This is familiar if people um, talk about, if if you're interested in the psychic powers, the standard list of psychic powers, this is called the Deva I without obstruction. The wisdom power of what? It's called Tian Yin Wu Ai. The Deva's, the celestial vision wisdom power that is unobstructed. Tian Yin Tong. Okay, this is the heavenly eye. That's our kind of our jargon name for this, the heavenly eye. The ability to see right here without adding anything, without changing batteries, right? You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to plug in. You don't have to download the app or the upgrade. Is there a Heavenly Eye app here? Oh, that's very groovy. Can I get it on video? Can I upload it to YouTube, what I see with my Heavenly Eye? Heavenly Eye uploads. Better than a high def. Ooh. A whole new category. Hope Apple approves it. And it's been modified for the iPad. Um, the heavenly eye sees right now to the heavens and to the hells. Okay, boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is one of those, the psychic power thing is really funny. There's something about Taiwan 
Now, I don't know about Vietnam. I don't know so much about Hong Kong. Probably it's the same because Chinese people are the same no matter where they live. <laughs> but there is something about psychic powers. I kid you not, there are realtors and stockbrokers in Taiwan who get their clients because they advertise that they have the Tian Tong, they have Shantong, and so their stock predictions are more accurate than the person over there who doesn't have psychic powers. And everybody goes, oh, really? Well, would you look at my portfolio? No, I'll take you out to lunch. You know, people buy it. Zhang San Li Si, everybody has Shantong, you know. It's amazing. It's like, how is that possible that everybody in the world has psychic power? And everybody believes it. It's incredible. You know, it's like amazing. Okay, so you have a realtor who has psychic power. Don't buy that property. No, no, no. All right, so why am I laughing? It's because, first of all, the, the truth in, in the Dharma is those who know don't say. And if they say, there's a good chance they don't really know. Okay, number two, real shantong. As soon as you advertise them, they go away. They're gone. Number three, when you have the real shantong, especially the heavenly eye, the tianyin, you can see into the heavens, but you also see into the hells. And how many of us saw pictures from Haiti? Or see pictures uh, from Somalia and Sudan. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. When you see real suffering, see a dead body. You know, how many of you have seen a dead body and, and go, oh, there's a corpse. Hmm. Right? If you have the Tianyin, you see into the hells where the suffering is unbearable. Unbearable. Somebody who really has the Tianyin the heavenly eye sees whatever they want in the heavens and the hells and everything in between and it's like you just oh yeah sure cool groovy there's the you know the wujian diyu there's the uninterrupted hells no, no not like that it's not groovy it's unbearable unless you have wisdom and compassion the heavenly eye the tianyan tong and psychic powers are absolutely real but they're only available when they're real to somebody who has transformed selfishness, who is no longer greedy, whose heart doesn't move in front of desire, and then this capacity can open and stay open. Okay, so when Mr. Zhang and Mr. Lee says, oh, he's got psychic powers, you should go ask him about whether you should open a business. You know, that's the number, the number two question in, that gets asked in, in, in Taiwan of monks. The first one is love, right? Should we marry? Should we get married? Who? Is this the right one? Number two is should we open business? Should we go into business? That's what everybody wants to know. Should we go into business and open a, you know, a second job? So, okay. So I'm, you could say, skeptical when I hear these claims of psychic powers. Okay, here's a case in point. There was a man named Feng Feng, 
Have you all read Feng Feng's books? He's the author. His name is uh, Peter, and Peter Feng, and he was genuinely um, a rare guy. He, in Taiwan, he was Young Man of the Year, according to some. They gave him some award as as outstanding young man, and he had a bright future for sure. Good guy, very nice man, but he was a novelist and he had this kind of creative imagination that could tell stories. And often the truth, he, he could kind of blur the line. And truth and fiction kind of threaded through the whole thing. He would make up a lot of stuff in his books and portray it as fiction. So, now, isn't, he called himself in English Peter Fawn, F-A-U-N, like the, the mythological fawn. So, Fong Fong, Peter. And... Uh, you know, I I know him. I like him. He's he's a sincere guy, and he's a lot of fun too. But he had this ability to, Master Shenhua would say, tell lies. <laughs> Just kind of, bang, you know, don't beat around the bush. So Feng Feng said that he opened his Tianyan, his heavenly eye. And he would write, he, was, he wrote a lot. He was a good writer. There are lots of books. You can find lots of his books. Feng Feng. He was quite a celebrity in Taiwan. This was 25 years ago. And he wrote in the, the magazine, it was Tianhua, Tianhua Zajirba, Haosheng Tianhua. Ah? That's right, Tianhua Shuji. He wrote for, for this press, and he had... And he would write stories about his Tianyan Tong, his heavenly eye. And people did what people do, which is they go, really? Oh, please tell me. I want to know about my grandma. Is she really in the heavens or is she suffering? Where's grandma? Oh, I want to know about Lucky Devil in the Fifth. Should I win, place, or show? How much should I bet on Lucky Devil in the Fifth? Horse racing. People would ask, Peter, tell me, you know. They asked him everything. Please use your heavenly eye to tell me what I want to know. Should I marry this girl? She looks pretty good, you know. And people would, so Feng Feng became really, really popular. And he would go, he went like that. Sure, you know, I'll be happy to tell you. And... It wasn't that rude. He would say things like, oh, you have to be a virtuous person or else, you know, like that. Because he realized that he had a tiger by the tail. You know that phrase, Cheng Yu, right? If you're holding on to a tiger by the tail, you better hold on tight because that tiger is going to turn around and bite you. You know. So Feng Feng went on like this. At that point, he met Master Xuanhua. He met Shifu, and he came to the city of 10,000 Buddhas. And Feng Feng was having a hard time holding on to that tiger because he advertised that he had his Tianyan open, his heavenly eye. It got to be crazy around him. He never knew whether people were interested in him or interested in his heavenly eye, whether he should be quiet whether he should t- and it, he couldn't control it so he came to ask Shifu's advice so Shifu 
checked him out, you know, helped him out and crossed him over. He said, this is a talented young man, but you've got to stop lying. <laughs> now, I should tell you, before Feng Feng came to City of 10,000 Buddhas, we had Wu Da Zongzhi, the five guidelines. Shifu met Feng Feng and added one. Di Liu, number six, which is what? Bu Da Wang Yu, Bu Zheng, Bu Tan, Bu Qiu, Bu Zi Si, Bu Zi Li. Bu Da Wang Yu, number six, because of Peter Fong. And, oh my God. So, Feng Feng published a letter in the Tianhua, the little magazine. He said, Go away, Shang all of you good Dharma friends. I need to tell you my heavenly eye closed years ago. Stop writing your requests. He said, I need to t- I've learned after I met a real Shanjushir, a good and wise advisor, I learned that you can't advertise. Once why? Once you advertise, the self me is back in charge. The big self right in, you know, hey, I got my heavenly eye. I, I got my right away. There's duality. Consciousness is back. Self and others, rights and wrongs, good and evil, all this is back. The heavenly eye is only opens after you have transformed the self. Unless, now, having said that, there are also special cases. There, it's not fixed either. There are people who cultivate in one lifetime, plant all the good roots, but the time isn't right, so they cultivate for a very short time, and in this life, their heavenly eye opens. But if they go advertising it and start calling people in to take to look through their heaven, it closes right up. There's another thing that happens, which is if you use it for evil, you can suddenly discover it's not the Tianyin, it's Guiyan or ghost eyes or more. It can it can go wrong in dramatic ways, but usually it's just not. It just close away. So Peter Fawn wrote his letter and said, "Closed up. Stop writing. I don't want to cheat you anymore. Thank you very much, and I really hope you, I hope you get what you're looking for. But it, don't write me any because it's gone. Let's all cultivate for wisdom and compassion. Let's all walk the Bodhisattva path and benefit others. Don't be so greedy." He said. So that was a big, big statement for Feng Feng. And Shifu said because he could write that letter, it shows he can really cultivate. Most people would keep it alive and make money, you know. And his intent was not to cheat people or make money. He just was proud of his, you know, my little deva eye. So that's, I saw that story come and go and learned it's not so easy. How could everybody in the world have psychic power? It's not that easy. And if somebody tells you, walk the other way. Right? So, luckily, Feng Feng was able to tell people, no, it closed. You know. Okay, that's number eight. Okay, number nine is past lives. Knowledge of past lives. Okay, in um, of all the various psychic powers that we talk about, 
in the West, these are the two that we have, right? What do we talk about? The third eye. And it's always here, right? The third eye. There's even a book out by Labsang Rampa. Don't go for it. It's called the third eye. Watch out. Word to the wise. Okay. We talk about the third eye. Well, Buddhism says there are five. Wuyan. There are five extraordinary kinds of psychic vision that are, everybody's got them. As you're sitting in your body right this minute, you've got them, but you don't know how to use them. I don't know how to use them. So anyway, the third eye, we talk about that, right? That's kind of in Western culture. What's the other one? Past lives. Oh, I went to see the psychic lady and she told me that in a past life I was Genghis Khan. I was bad. <laughs> or Cleopatra. I was beautiful. I ruled Europe, Egypt. How many times do they tell you, oh, you were a dung beetle in a pit toilet somewhere, you know, in the Paris sewers? You know, it's like, no, we don't think that. You know, oh, I saw somebody did my past lives and I was a slave in the pyramids. Cleopatra, I saw her one day going by, but I was crushed by the boulders and the, you know, no, you know. We never go past lives, you know. I was a cook uh, somewhere on a ship, a slave ship. You know, I, got, I died of dysentery at age 19. You know, no, they don't talk about it. It's always something glamorous, right? So, if you have this eighth wisdom power, ninth wisdom power, you see, zhi xu ming wu lo, zhi li, xu ming wu lo. You know past lives without any confusion. You know past lives. You can really see it. Now, this gets very esoteric because we think, oh, a past life, I was something. When the Buddha Dharma, when Buddhism talks about past lives, and if you go to, we will, we're getting there, if you go to the third ground, Disandhi, in the Ten Grounds chapter, they talk about the the five eyes, the Wu and Liu Tong, and the Xu Ming Tong, because this is one of the the six spiritual powers. They say you not only know one past life, you know infinite, limitless past lives, and you know every detail: what street you lived on, what kind of house you lived in, what clothes you wore, what you ate for lunch in that day, in that lifetime. Why? It's because that knowledge is with us. Every one of us has coded in all that knowledge. It's, it creates, you know, we, we make vibrations when we do things. And our eighth consciousness contains all that stuff. How come we don't know? It's because we're using our eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind to go out and create more of those Vibrations. Right this minute, sitting in this assembly, here in Berkeley or online, wherever you are, we're creating karma, planting seeds, wholesome, good seeds, in our eighth consciousness right now. If you, as you're sitting here listening, have got your six senses trained and purified and cool and clear and quiet so that you're awake inside you could be accessing all your past lives. Mostly we don't. 
we're not that quiet and still. How do you get to the the knowledge of past lives without outflows and the rest of these ten wisdom powers? Nowhere else. Right inside this body and mind. It's totally accessible, except we don't use our our body and mind that way. We use them out to, to plant more, plant more. Right. So many people report to me that when they sit, it was the first time they sit, we see this with kids from Berkeley High. Doug Powers, who is the co-founder of the monastery here, often, that is to say, every semester until he retired, would bring his, usually it was his AP psychology class, or seniors, over to the monastery for a day, sometimes two days, for a period, for one hour, 40 minutes, and have them sit. And these are 17-year-olds, right? 18-year-olds, seniors. And these kids have been alive on the planet for not even 20 years, and so they haven't got so much static, you could say, on their radio. So when they sit, a lot of these kids would go, something just happened, I felt that. What was that? I just felt suddenly like things cleared up a lot, you know because these are relatively pure vessels sitting down and crossing the legs and meditating. Often it happened. Now, if they sit longer, then things get complex and the, they have to straighten it out. But that first sit, often, you kind of get a sense of, wow, something turned around. Okay? So I'm, my point is to say, all that knowledge, past lives, heavenly eye, all the rest are nowhere else. It's not that you download them from some cloud. You don't download them from from Mac.com, you know, where they're out in the cloud waiting for you to access them. You don't download them from the App Store. There, you kind of upload them from your eighth consciousness. Although there's no directionality, it's not that they're here, and, you know, but they're there, waiting for us to boot them up. Okay, last one, number 10. The knowledge of the wisdom power that eternally severs habits. How wonderful. The wisdom power, in Chinese it's zhi yong duan xi qi. Zhi li yong yong yuan duan chu yi qie xi qi. Zhi li yong duan xi qi. Zhi li. The wisdom power that knows how to cut off habits forever so that you're not grooved in to certain behaviors, to certain perceptions, to certain, ha- to certain uh, biases and prejudices, right? Now, does that go beyond DNA? I think so. I think DNA is still coded into the body and to, to mind, to habit. So, in other words, this power goes beyond the biological parameters of our existence. How interesting, right? I don't this is deep stuff and I, I don't I don't see this, but how does DNA, whatever that is, those genetic codes that pull us back, where does that operate in terms of karma? It's a really good question. And I certainly don't know the answer, but anybody wants that for a dissertation project, give me a citation in the footnotes, all right? Or in the, the acknowledgments. 
How neat. Where does DNA fit in terms of our, our next life? If a bodhisattva, man or woman, has this kind of wisdom power, it says, yung duan. It cuts off all shi chi, which is the things that pull us back. Very interesting. Okay, got them. Those are the ten. That's our list of ten. The wisdom powers that bodhisattvas use. If a bodhisattva has these wisdom powers, they know exactly what to say to teach and transform somebody who they care about, who they want to help them pass their troubles. What were they? Knowing what is the case and what is not the case. Number two, knowing the karmic retribution of the three periods of time. Number three is knowing the dhyanas, the liberations and the samadhis. Number four is knowing the superiority or the inferiority of faculties. Number five is knowing various understandings. Number six is knowing various realms. Number seven is knowing where all paths lead. Number eight is knowing without obstruction the heavenly eye, the deva eye. Number nine is knowing past lives without outflows. Number ten is eternally severing bad habits, all habits. So you get back to the Buddha, to the Buddha nature. Okay, so far we're on line number one tonight. Having purified all the powers of wisdom. Wow! That's 45 minutes on one line. Along with the aspects of courage as well. And having accomplished all the Buddha's dharmas, they save and gather in the many beings. So, let's go from the last line. They save and gather in many beings. In other words, bodhisattvas are here to help us find our way back home. There's a way to say it. Who doesn't want to find their way back home? And I don't mean to your current address, although I hope you all make it back home tonight. Not somebody else's address. But bigger, deeper homes. We can be at our address and still feel lost. Right? You're in your bed and you feel like, there's got to be more. This is not it. I always feel like I've lost. This is not it. I haven't, haven't really found it. Sitting in your bed right? or at the breakfast table. So, they save and gather in the many living beings and bring them home. How do they do it? Wisdom powers and the aspects of courage. What are the aspects of courage? Aha, we've got a list. The five kinds of fearlessness. The five kinds of courage. Okay, they're called Wu Zhong Wu So Wei. The five kinds of fearlessness. That is to say, turn it, turn it upside down, that means most of us, before we get to that Bodhisattva's path, have five things we're afraid of. Just by being alive in a body. The first is what? Fear of, interestingly enough, no livelihood. Bu Huo Wei. Fear that we won't be able to support ourselves. We won't be able to take care of our kids, our spouse, our roof, our vehicles. Anybody get a pink slip? Don't tell me. Anybody worried about getting a pink slip? Oh my goodness. Anybody seen the movie Up in the Air? 
Okay, up in the air is a current film. George Clooney is a firer. Travels all over the country firing people. Letting them go. Giving them the opportunity to evolve in their path, right? No, firing them. You're, letting, you're let go. That's his job. He's a professional firer. <laughs> it's a really good, interesting film. It's well written. So that's what he does. Okay, the first fear is fear of having no livelihood. Wow, big fear. Number two is, so the way, fear of death. Some people fear not being able to support themselves and their dependents more than they fear death. Okay, number two is death, fear of death, universal. Universal. Number three is fear of the san uda, fear of the three evil destinies. And... If you're not afraid of the three evil destinies, it's because you haven't heard about them. Once you hear about them, they're pretty scary. Most people, you know, if I said, are you afraid of becoming a ghost? They're going to say, Casper, the friendly ghost? No way. Right? Ghostbusters? No, no. So, three evil destinies are hells, animals, realm of animals, and ghosts. In Walt Disney's world, what's wrong with animals? Dumbo? Bambi? Ratatouille? Right? Remy? So most of the time we're not afraid of the animals realm. But in the Dharma, say it's not a pleasant place to be. Hells, animals, and ghosts. The hells are unspeakably horrible. The realm of ghosts is a place of no freedom. So... The third of the fearless fears, the fear things that we are afraid of is being reborn, losing our human body, and going to a place where we are in the realm of animals, ghosts, or hells. Number four is um, very interesting. This is really fascinating. It's called fear of losing your reputation. Think about that. A huge motivator is loss of face. Huge. Especially in countries where face is primary, which is most of Asia. The Mediterranean countries, right? And places where, say, you dissing me. Right? Loss of face. Fear of a bad reputation. So the sutra says that that is a major motivator. It's scary to think that, you know, that people will think badly of you. That's a big, big motivator. It's fear of loss of face. We will do a lot to keep our good reputation. Shakespeare says, if you steal my purse, you steal trash. If you steal my reputation, you seriously injure me. You sorely injure me, says Shakespeare. So we will do a lot to hang on to our reputation. Once that reputation is spoiled, very, very difficult to get it back. Okay? So that's number four. And number five, even more interesting in terms of fear. Now these are fears, right? The first is no livelihood. Number two is death. Number three is evil destinies. Number four, bad reputation... What do you suppose number five is? Anybody, and if you know it, you can... Anybody guess? What is 
like the fifth scariest thing in human experience. What is it? Say again. Fear itself? Mm, John F. Kennedy would agree with you, right? But that's not one of the five. Frank? Public speaking. People are laughing, but that's actually it. It's called in Chinese, it's Da Zhong Wei, the Wei. Fear of the awesome virtue of the great assembly. It's called stage fright. Stage fright. Da Zhong, the public Wei, the their virtue, wait, fear of it. Fear of the virtue of the assembly, which is to say, if suddenly we switch places and I grab, let's say, just for example, Tina, you know, said, Tina, sit here and talk to us. You know, Tina would go, do I have a choice? <laughs> you know, actually, I have a cell phone call I need to make. Because you know? why? Now, maybe Tina would do very, very well. Thank you for letting me borrow your your name, Tina. You know, Tina, I happen to know, is a Leo. and Leos tend to be pretty good when they are, you know, speakers. So, stage fright is something that the Bodhisattva alone, you know, has no fear. Usawi is fearless. Stage fright doesn't bother them. Now, in the uh, chapter, and this is the first ground, we got, remember, we lectured on this already nine months ago. We're in the verses that repeat this. The Bodhisattva finds a way to get past all these frightening things. And it explains why or how does the Bodhisattva get past stage fright? It says because the inclination, their intent, is only to benefit their intent is only to benefit others. That's the only reason they open their mouths. Therefore, there's no fear. Right? Their, their will and their aspirations are the highest. And they want everyone else to become bodhisattvas. So they have no stage fright. No fear. The um, stage fright will cripple you it's true. If you've ever, like, it's funny, you can kind of go, oh, okay, no problem, I'm just fine. And you, you turn around and you look out and all these eyes are looking at you, right? And you haven't spoken and there's silence. There's no sound until you open your mouth. You know, it's like, your mind goes blank. <laughs> you get this flop sweat, you know, <laughs> under your armpits, everything is wet, right? People are smiling. You've been there, you know that experience. So, there they are. No livelihood, death, three evil destinies, bad reputation, stage fright. Those are called the weight, the five kinds of fear. And these bodhisattvas have purified the powers of wisdom along with the aspects of courage, meaning they're not afraid anymore. And it's mostly because they have gone through the self. Because if you think, what's afraid? Well, it's me. Well, what is me? Well, me is a way of seeing. When you get past the five-fold fears, then there's nothing, there's no me left. Okay? Now, having accomplished all the Buddha dharmas, they save and gather in the many beings. 
having accomplished all the Buddha dharmas. We talked last week about the lady at San Jose who said, you know, hmm, what's the best way for me to practice? And we went through that in detail. There, there's said to be 84,000 ways of practice, and we came up with 84,001 last time. 84,001 Dharma doors, ways to practice. And anybody remember what was the, the one that we added? Who was anybody listening last week? I, what was it? Oh, yes. It was, it was what? Texting. Texting. That's right. Texting wisdom. Texting. 84,001. Because we, we mentioned that the guy and the 15-year-old in Brooklyn or the Bronx, he was in the Bronx, who said he, as a normal high school guy, reads or sends 500 text messages a day. So the article in the New York Times, if your child is awake, they're probably online. True. So that was our 84,000 and first Dharma door is texting great wisdom, of course. You're texting the Heart Sutra, right? <laughs> Neither destroyed nor produced, not defiled, not pure. Neither increased nor decreased, send. <laughs> Having accomplished all the Buddha Dharmas, they save and gather in the many beings. Why? Because they really do experience pain and they want to find a way to get beyond it. Okay, let's turn the page. We are making progress. 84 and 85. Um, can we do... Um, I'll, I'll do... Usually we just do that first one. I'll do the next one myself. In order to learn great kindness and compassion and to turn the supreme Dharma wheel to adorn and purify the lands of the Buddhas, they bring forth this thought most sublime. In order to learn great kindness and compassion and to turn the supreme dharma wheel to adorn and purify the lands of the Buddhas, they bring forth this thought most sublime. Okay, three, uh, four images. Every line has an image. The first image is kindness and compassion. Second line, supreme dharma wheel. Third line, lands of the Buddhas. And the fourth line, a thought most sublime. Um, to do justice to these four images would take lots of words. Um, this is a beautiful verse. Uh, all Every line has an image. Every line has, uh, this is a, things that you run into when you study Mahayana Sutras. So, great kindness and compassion. That's a Mahayana Dharma image. Uh, is a, the lands of the Buddhas is an is a, is a image unique to the Mahayana. And 
Sui Sheng Xin is the Bodhi resolve. This is absolutely the hallmark of Mahayana Sutras. So what I'm going to do is just leave it here and say that um, next week we're going to, uh, I'm going to identify all of those four because we'll run into these over and over and over again. If you're studying a Mahayana Sutra, the Abhatamsaka, right, the Ten Grounds chapter, these images, Da Sadabe, Sheng Fa Lun, Fo Guo Du, and Sui Sheng Xin, these are all things that you're going to run into a lot. And this is a chance for us to kind of increase our knowledge of these, these symbols that are so key to the Mahayana. Now, if you, were, if you go to Abhayagiri Forest Monastery, and hear Ajahn Pasano or Ajahn Amaro or Ajahn Kunadamo or Ajahn Sudanto speak Dharma, you will hear about great kindness and compassion. Um, you'll hear about the Dharma wheel. You will hear about Buddhakshetras, although they'll, they'll say it in Pali. But the Bodhi resolve, the thought for Bodhi, the Bodhicitta, you might hear about it too. These are these can cross over into the Theravada Dharma, but. When you chances are, if you hear them in this way, you'll know. Oh, we're listening to the the Dharma tradition that came through China to Japan to Korea to Vietnam. It's called the Mahayana. This is the great vehicle, and most especially that last one, the Bodhi Resolve. That's really the 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 king. They say the king of all thoughts, the thought most sublime. So we'll continue at that point next week. And let me um, bring out the dedication of merit. Do you have it on your sheet? Nega, nega, nejang, qingfa, nega, hobinyo, huishangji. So we'll now transfer the merit, and you all have places that you want to transfer merit, so please do make that wish. And we do it together so it gets real strength. I understand that um, there are places in Haiti that are... That I, I heard uh, on NPR the other day that um, the, the hospitals are now up working. So... Most of the people who lost a limb have received some aid. The big need now is food, they say. Um, the problem is, that I heard was, that if you, let's say, a roof fell on your leg and you had to get it amputated or you had to go in for re restorative surgery. The first intervention saves your life because gangrene can kill you in a day. I didn't know that if, you, if your leg gets gangrene. But there's post-operative care that you have to, you have to spend days really reconnecting the nerves and the blood vessels. And there's so many people in need that they can't provide the second stage. So people... <laughs> Their lives get saved and then they're sadly sent back to the street, to the square where they're living in plastic sheets. So it's really, really suffering, still suffering. And 
What happens next to Haiti is just anybody's guess because there wasn't the infrastructure wasn't there to begin with. There was no health care system, period. Haiti didn't have a health care system. So there's no safety net at all. So that suffering is really still going on. So please make a wish and we'll dedicate the merit. <laughs>